is that one small idea or one nuance or one change or improvement can really make a big ripple effect. And it's really cool to see that impact because it improves the lives when you're more productive or when you're doing things that make you feel more certain. It brings about a confidence within the team. And that's pretty cool to see. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another week of Funny Business. Today with me, I have Raul Hernandez Ochoa. Raul, how are you? Doing pretty good. Good. Glad to hear it. So before we dive in to all of this business goodness, you've got so much stuff going on. You've got a book, you've got a podcast, you have a consultant agency going on. I'm fascinated to learn more about that, but I also want to know what made the man that is now behind the computer screen. Um, so where'd you grow up and what was your childhood like? So I grew up here in San Diego, California, and I came here when I was young. So I actually grew up in Mexico, but came here when I was young. And it's funny because my cousins were here before me. So they knew English. I didn't know English, but my dad tells me that I pretended to speak English and then just made up funny words as I try to get my way along. And then from there, I just grew up with them and my brother, scooters, bicycling on the streets and writing cartoons and animations. That was pretty much my childhood. Wait, you made animations as a kid? Yeah, so it was Toon, I think it's Toontown. I used to use floppy disks and then CDs, if you remember those. Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's Toon Boom, and then I used some 3D animation, but it was all sketched animation because I was bored out of my mind as I was young and hanging out at grandma's house and just being able to come up with cartoons. That's crazy. I didn't even know they had an animation program on floppy disks. The only thing I ever played on floppy was, uh, did you ever play Quest for Camelot? I have not. Oh my gosh, you get to play as King Arthur, do this whole big old adventure, you get to fight the Black Knight and find the Holy Grail and all that jazz. It's it's a blast. Absolutely. So how did you go from all of that creative uh, expression and, and learning English to all of a sudden where you are today? How'd you get started? So I think the biggest exposure was when I was in community college um, and then I was looking to transfer into a a university and I came across a program from San Diego State called the Lavin Program. And they Mm -hmm. showcased uh, students there that were creating businesses that actually helped others in the world. So it was solo eyewear at the time and they were selling sunglasses, but they gave around like a proceed. I'm not sure how much exactly in percentage, but they could proceeds to, uh, to fund cataract surgeries for those who couldn't. So I thought that was a really cool avenue of creativity to be able to mix business with a solution for humankind and to be able to dive down that path. So then uh, two days later, I enrolled for the program and I had like a pretty rigorous interview. So it was only like 12 kids out of the entire college of business. I got in somehow. And that uh, one unit course, it was legitimately just two year program, one unit's nothing compared to college courses. That was my college experience. It triumphed everything else. I got exposure to entrepreneurs in town from like the big Costco CEOs to being able to hang out with Ralph Rubio or learn how to paddleboard with the co-founder of Volcom. Wow. Sounds like that entrepreneurship program was amazing. What was one of the biggest things that stood out to you during that experience? I think it was just like a shock of understanding that entrepreneurship is a path as opposed Mm -hmm. to like the traditional mindset and being exposed to those who actually are doing it. Also kind of shattering the dream of what a startup is. You know, we think startups are magical and this place where just magic happens when you actually go behind the scenes of a really legitimate, really successful business and see how simple things can be. It kind of opens your eyes like, okay, wow, this is a, it's not as glamorous, but it's also a path. So I thought that was really helpful to learn. Very cool. So how did you go from that to where you are now in this point in your career? So then from there, from graduating, I actually tried to start a software business and that transitioned to marketing because we started interviewing the the industry. We wanted to help. They needed help with marketing. 
I connected with a buddy in New York that we never met, remote, started a company, started doing services there. And then that transitioned to, we got to the point where we were not doing what we wanted to do. We were like, hmm, mm. this is not, we're not growing in the trajectory that we wanted to because we're building something that we didn't know would end up as an agency model for like digital marketing. So then we decided to split ways and support other digital marketing firms. From there, I've been able to grow into leadership groups and to becoming a chief ops officer for fast growing online companies and helped one company grow from seven people to 23 in less than a year. And uh, my mentor at the time told me, hey, you got something here. So I started documenting like my, my ideas, my thoughts and packaging them into what finally became the Productive Profits book based on the experience and real world strategies that work. So your, your big thing is business and owners just get stuck. So why do you think the business owners get stuck when they're trying to scale their business? There's a few things. It's lack of clarity or lack of certainty. It's always going to start with your sales, but it's always going to start with leadership and understanding what are the essential actions that allow me and my business to actually move forward and make progress. And I think dissecting it into its simplest forms, it's being able to identify the, the clear action items that you need to do and then creating the foundation thereafter. Because that was actually one of my biggest mistakes when I started my companies was that I didn't have a clear direction like, hey, we're going in this trajectory. This is the end outcome. When we got there, we're like, hey, this is not where we want to be. So if you you design from the get-go what the end outcome is, it allows you to really build the infrastructure that supports that overarching goal or that vision that you have. That mm -hmm. supports the way that you design your teams. That's the, the way that you support and design your profitability and your lifestyle. I guess you kind of went over this a little bit, but what's like the big main piece of advice that you would give entrepreneurs to prevent themselves from getting stuck? I would say always design with the end goal in mind. And I, I go back to like the creative roots, right? We're talking design here. We're talking business. It's always about figuring out how can I design and orchestrate profitability, a team culture, embedding the vision and the values and serving customers in one unique you know, business set, but also following the 95% of what other businesses need, sales, marketing, operations, leadership, admin. There's always somebody out there doing a little bit better than what you're doing, right? There's always somebody that we can learn and glean things from. Um, we all know the phrase of uh, good artists create on their own or they, or they borrow, but great artists steal. So what did you steal for your business and how did you make it your own? Asynchronous communication from Ari Mizell. So Ari is a really amazing productivity coach and entrepreneur. And he has his podcast and I listened around how he formats asynchronous communications. Like right now we're doing synchronous one-on-one -on -one live in time, but then there's also other ways that you can create communication channels with team members or vendors. And it doesn't have to be in live time. And um, I took that and I embedded in creating a private mastermind just with a couple of buddies of mine. And we've never met once. We've always updated each other asynchronously using one of the messaging tools. I forgot the name, there's too many. We've been always growing every single week and it's been pretty fun so far. So that's something that I plugged and played and it's working really well. Awesome, I love that. You're doing a lot of different things. So I would imagine that efficiency is kind of a big deal for you. So how do you achieve efficiency and what shortcuts have you discovered to make your business run even more smoothly? So I think it goes back to my trainings back in 10 or it's 21, maybe even 11 years ago for David Allen and getting things done and diving into like his work and a lot of the other ways that I've applied principles of time management and productivity. And it's just flowing that into making the tools that I leverage accessible and easy for me for the outcomes of the jobs that they need to get done. So I leverage technology and automation as much as I can to do the work on my behalf. I leverage, you know, simple tool sets to allow me to focus on very specific outcomes at a time. And I also follow what I preach and 
keep everything really organized in regards to how my core operations work, making sure that I have access to all those important documents and metrics and being able to drive the business forward. So overall, so that people can get an idea, how long did it take you to go from where you started this business to where it is today? It took, I mean, it takes around like on-ramping, it took around two, two to three years to really get the clarity, sustainability, and even further now to understand clarity and like psychology of my ideal clients or the clients that I get to help. But it just takes one step at a time. If we were to really count the years of day one entrepreneurship, it was 2013, 12, like figuring it out, failing and testing businesses back in college, starting sure. businesses, getting in incubators. But from here for this particular one, around two, two, three years. And uh, over that, between 2013 to now, what's like the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome in business? I think it's always making sure that you identify how to differentiate because ideas are, they're not a dime a dozen, but when you have an idea, a lot of other people might have a similar idea. So how do you differentiate in the marketplace and really cut through the noise? Right, right. How have you done that for your business? Talking to a ton of people and getting to know their emotional states and their psychology behind their rational actions. Fair enough. Fair enough. So obviously, again, we've talked about you do a lot. So what is it you like the best about what you do? With the kinds of companies that I work with, I'm grateful to be able to work with small entrepreneur shops, either we're from five team members. The largest is like growing over 100, but still you can make an impact. The thing that I care about is even if I work with any units or department, is that one small idea or one nuance or one change or improvement can really make a big ripple effect. And it's really cool to see that impact because it improves the lives when you're more productive or when you're doing things that make you feel more certain. It brings about a confidence within the team. And that's pretty cool to see. That's really cool. Okay, so how do you stay on the cutting edge of what you do? Because as, as a consultant, the business world is always changing. So how do you, yeah, how do you stay up to date on that? Uh, listening to podcasts, interviewing a ton of people on my podcast, reading books, um, but reading older books too. Because if you read the principles, like books from 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, they tell you the principles as they are. And then if you understand the principles, then you start to see the applications that new leaders or entrepreneurs are leveraging those principles today to apply to the current ecosystem. For your business, who is the ideal client for you? And what would be the first step that you would want them to take in getting to know more about what you do. Absolutely. So typically entrepreneurs who are not leveraging their IP as to the extent that they know they can, they feel stuck and unsure who they should hire next or also how to reach that next level of growth or even fear the fact that if they think about growing, that means more work for them because they're doing all the fulfillment or that there's more headaches involved or and they're typically five to eight people or doing anywhere between a million and want to break a million revenue. The next step for them is really to go to get the core operations training at dogoodwork.io forward slash essentials. I walk through the exact framework that I use with clients to help them identify which habits you know, increase their productivity and which habits can actually increase their bottom line, how their team can see how they can influence the bottom line, how to make sure that they have really you know, accurate but aggressive goals to continue to grow the business and just create harmony around all the activities and the driving the business forward. Where can our audience learn more about your business? Website, dogoodwork.io. You have everything in there. Raul, thank you so much for your time with us. This has been very interesting. Good luck in what you're doing. And I really hope that uh, those of you at home have been able to take some nuggets. Like and subscribe to the podcast and make sure to share this with a friend. And we'll see you next week. This isn't surface level stuff here.
you'll find courses on ad buying. Creating the kind of large production ads we're known for. If you're looking to use video marketing to take your business to the next level, our students have seen incredible growth in their businesses by implementing what they learned in our courses. We've now got multiple campaigns that are in the millions of views and in the multiple millions of dollars in sales. Within a week, we're close to 10 million views, over a million in sales, and most impressively, we've covered 100% of the production costs in the first 24 hours of releasing it. The first video we did is over 30 million views. The most customers that we've ever acquired in a single month. I think we had about 26,000 new customers. 